0: Welcome to the Pastor's Study. I'm Pastor Rocky Fritz coming to you from the First Baptist Church in Amboy, Illinois. I encourage you to follow along in your Bible with pen and notebook in hand as we study the scripture verse by verse and word by word. We are currently traveling the Romans road. Gather your things together and turn in your New Testament to Paul's epistle to the Romans. traveling the Romans road, we currently are stepping into Romans chapter number six. Now keep in mind the entire theme of the book of Romans is how a sinful man can be justified before a holy God. Justified means just as if I'd never sinned. This justification comes through faith by the grace of God. Now scripture teaches to us that God created man as a trichotomy or three parts that make up a whole. We have our body, which is our flesh. Our flesh is sinful. It's condemned by the law. And then we have our inner being or our soul. This includes our mind, our emotions, our will. We sometimes refer to this as the heart. And then the third part of man is the spirit. Now, when we're born into this world, we are born spiritually dead or separated from God. At the moment of salvation, God speaks of a quickening or making alive of the Spirit. He speaks of being born again. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us, restoring that fellowship that was lost through Adam's sin in the Garden of Eden. This fellowship with God begins at our salvation, and it grows through our sanctification. Now, there is a battle, a conflict, a tug-of-war, if you will, going on in the heart of each man. Our eternal soul is the prize of this battle. Our body, or our flesh, is in control of our soul by default. In Romans chapter 1 through chapter 3, God defines the condemnation of all men as sinners. In chapters 4 and 5, God tells us how he imputes righteousness or deposits righteousness into our account through faith in Christ and through his grace. Now, our natural reasoning may conclude at the end of chapter number five that we can live as we choose since we are now covered by his grace or God's unmerited favor. Now, notice the question that starts out in Romans chapter number six. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Should we continue to live in sin condemned by the law or as our flesh desires so we can experience and demonstrate more of God's grace or God's unmerited favor? In verse number two, the Apostle Paul immediately answers that question with a resounding, God forbid, heavens, no, certainly not, absolutely not, in no wise. We now are going to enter into the third section of the book of Romans, where our focus is going to be on our resurrection with Christ, the newness we have with Christ. Christ not only came into my life when I was saved, that gave me everlasting life. But when I have everlasting life, my life will now no longer End. That's what the word everlasting means. It has a starting point, but no ending point. But I also, at the moment of my salvation, was allowed to enter into His life. And there's where I get eternal life. The word eternal means that it has no beginning and no ending. I've entered into Christ's life when I trusted Him As my Savior. In chapter 6, our focus is going to be on this newness of life. In chapter 7, the newness of our servitude toward Him. And then in chapter number 8, the newness of our Spirit. We do need to understand this that this new nature, or the Holy Spirit that now lives inside of us, that we are a part of, cannot sin. God expounds further on this subject in 1 John chapter number 3, where he says, He that committeth sin is of the devil. That's our flesh. That's our natural man. But then he goes on in 1 John chapter number 3 and says, But whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin for His seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. That's speaking of the Holy Spirit of God that now lives inside of us. His Spirit has taken up residence in our soul, in our inner being. Learning to die to our flesh and the desires of our flesh is where we gain spiritual maturity. And notice in verse number 3, Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? The word baptized simply means to immerse or to submerge. We think primarily of baptism of water. And water baptism is a physical picture of a spiritual action. Water baptism in and of itself has no supernatural or magical ability to make us a child of God, as many people would teach today. But water baptism is simply a picture of how we are implanted or imputed into Christ's life and how He becomes a part of us. It identifies us with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ, as is defined in verse number 4. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk newness of life. We're buried with him by baptism into death. There's the picture of going down into the water as Jesus was buried in the earth. We're dying to our own righteousness To our own works of the law or the works of the flesh. And like as Christ was raised up from the dead. Like Jesus came up out of the ground. We also come up out of the water in a picture. We're made alive again by the Spirit of God. Notice the verse says, by the glory of the Father. By the power and the working of God through His grace. And then the last statement in verse number 4, we also should walk in newness of life. We're transformed by the new birth, not by water baptism. But just as Christ's resurrected body was different, so we are a new creature or a new creation in Christ. Things are different now that we are born again, now that we're saved. We're under new management Notice in verse number 5, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Again, another picture given to us here. We're planted together. The last two chapters of Romans describe the imputed or deposited righteousness of God into us. The picture is given here of a seed being planted in the ground. It gains its nutrition from the earth and its energy from the sun and becomes a plant. You see, the earth is made up of dead organic material. Death brings from it life. The brighter the light of the sun, the more strength and faith we have to grow comes from the Bible. God's word of truth, God's source of righteousness. When a seedling first pops out of the ground, it doesn't look like much. But as it grows and matures from the strength of the death that it's growing nutrition from and from the energy from the sun, we begin to mature into something far different than we once were. The book of 1 John chapter number 3, Beloved Now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear, but we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him. We don't seem like much now. We may be just a seedling. Keep dying to yourself. Draw nutrition, spiritual nutrition, from that death to the flesh. And draw strength and energy from the light of God's Word. And God will continue that transforming Process until we get to heaven and awake in His perfect righteousness. On verse number 6 and 7, this old man is crucified by Him that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin for he that is dead is freed from sin. Knowing this, this is essential for us to understand. Our old man, This body of sin, the natural man, the old nature, our sin nature, our old garments, these filthy rags. We're not only speaking of our sinful works, but even our good works that somehow in our mind we might think would bring us to a right relationship with God. There's nothing that we can do to bring ourselves closer to God. We simply are commanded to die to ourselves. Death to our sinful self-righteousness allows us to live in Christ. In John chapter number 12, Jesus was prophesying of his crucifixion. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat or a seed fall into the ground, and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. The key of living a victorious Christian life is learning to die to our fleshly desires. It's not what we want. It's not what we desire that's important. It's what God, through the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, directs us and leads us to. Dying to self or our desires, our thoughts, our motives, our reasoning, our understanding... Our righteousness, our goodness, dying to these things allows us to live in the presence and fullness of the Spirit and righteousness of God. This is how we draw closer in our fellowship with God by dying to our flesh and learning to live in the Spirit. I close today by asking you life's most important question. Have you personally received the gospel, the good news, as presented to us in the book of Romans? This book describes in detail God's one and only way of salvation and sanctification. When God works in our lives, He begins a work of transformation. This transformation begins at the moment of salvation and will not be complete until we are living forever in His presence. There's no hope of eternal life in heaven without knowing Jesus Christ. So likewise, there's no life that compares to living daily in the presence of Jesus today. If you have any questions, concerns, or needs, please contact us at fbcamboy.org. I look forward to the next leg of our journey as we travel the Romans Road.